there's a woman named uh, Patsy Claremont, and she was a speaker, a women's uh, speaker and traveler. She did a lot with um, events and retreats, and she was on her way home from one of those retreats on an airplane. And as she climbed into the airplane seat, the person next to her that sat down looked very rough and very tough and had a very tight haircut. And, and uh, as she began to speak with him, she learned that he was actually part of the military and uh, he was in the Marines. So she began to ask him some few questions like, so where were you stationed and, and how long were you there? That kind of thing. And the answer was, well, I served in Desert Storm, ma'am. And she said, well, how long were you in Desert Storm there? He said, well, I've been there for about a year and a half now. She said, so what's next? He said, well, I'm on my way home. That's what's next. Actually, my family's going to be at the airport. I'm going to meet my mom and my dad and my sisters and brothers there. She said, wow, you must have been dreaming of this day for a long time, being over in Desert Storm for that year and a half. His answer was, no, ma'am. We were taught to never, never think of what might be but to be fully available right where we are consider that for a moment how distracted we can get when we begin to dream of future and comfort and softness and whatever else it might be and all of a sudden we fall off on actually being a soldier for our lord and savior The challenge for us as we're in this new series called Beyond These Walls is about, yeah, let's come together as a body. I mean, Sunday mornings are an awesome time to gather and to worship him, to get pumped up in serving him. But then there's Monday through Saturday. Amen. Like, let's make sure we're hitting the streets. Let's make sure we're bringing the truth of who he is in a very real way. This is not a little personal adventure where at the end of my life I can say, wow, I really enjoyed that roller coaster ride myself, right? But instead it's, I have so seen the goal of making disciples. We talked about that last week, of building up worshipers. We are talking about going beyond these walls. Last week it was about going global. And we talked about the church planting mission that we're on, that we're excited to be a part of. There are now 69 Harvest Bible chapels internationally, 69. And there's another six or seven coming in the next few months. And there's a dozen or more coming by the end of the year. Like continuing to plant this fervor for building complete disciples. That's the mission of making disciples. That's where we're going. This week we want to talk about the target being local missions. What do we do with East Peoria? Or or Pekin or Peoria? Or any of the towns we're coming from right around this area? How do we reach out? And be the hands and feet of our God and Savior, making an impact right where we are. That's the question. Lord, how can I be focused so that I can be a maximum impact of building worshipers for you in this local community? Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm chapter 68. We're going to be answering that question starting there. Psalm 68. Ushers are coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just... Raise your hand or get their attention. They'll get one to you, okay? Psalm 68. We're going to start in verses 4 and 5 there. Psalm 68, 4 and 5. This is what we're going to glean out of this passage. First step, proper motivation. It's motivation. Worship the God who reaches the needy. Our motivation for local missions, it's worship the God who reaches the needy. 
Check this out in verse 4. He says, sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Exalt before him. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity. But the rebellious will dwell in a parched land. This is our God. Notice how it starts out. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Singing, music, worship. Remember last week we talked about what worship means. And and one of the results of it is when we just go, Whoa, God is amazing. Did you know that he, did you know my God thinks this way? Did you know that he says this? Did you know that this is what he does when this is going on in your life? This is my God. I know him from the word, but I know him in my life too. Whoa, God is awesome. That's a part of worship. And guess what comes next after you're saying that? Singing. Just starting to belt it out. Some of you are like, I have a terrible voice. That's why it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, right? It's like, give it your best shot, man. Just lift it up. Make sure that he knows you think he rules. That's what it's about. Sing his praises. I tried to figure out a definition for singing and music, and I better have a good one because my my wife loves music, right? So here's the definition I came up with. I'll look and see if I get approval now. Music. Words with a sound and a rhythm that just say it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about singing a song, not where you're like, well, I guess that was close. I'm not talking about, set that song aside then. I'm talking about find some songs that have an unbelievably perfect expression for what you're going through and seeing of God and lift those songs up with all you've got. That's the power of music. It just starts coming out of you. And, and you just can't stop it. And you just start putting it to a rhythm. And the more you feel something, the louder it gets. And then, and then it sort of softens up. Because that's what music, right? And you start going through it. And I'm experiencing this as it, like, sing his praises. Amen? We got some awesome worship around here. We sing his praises. We lift him up. There's an expression of music that's going on. I'm going to give you just a five-second insight to worship around here. You may not even know this. We start out with worship music that is very call-to-worship-oriented. It's like all of us kind of rallying together, singing about His greatness and what are we going to do, and let's all do this together, a very corporate and a kind of an us focus. And then we sort of move into some songs in the middle piece that are like, me and God, Lord, I got some right things with you and i've got some wrong things with you and here's some stuff i need to get right with you and it's about you and me lord and and then at the end we're ending up with songs like no it's just all about you god i'm just gonna lift your name up this is who you are we're sort of walked through a presentation each week you may not even know that but that's what's happening and so each week by the time we hit offering you're like we're so worshiping him yeah that was planned larry's doing a great job right that's what it's about Singing praises to his name with all we've got. May he be lifted up. Notice it says, lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. He's providing in the place of need. He is a savior. He is victorious. But he's riding in a parched place, the desert. 
He says, it says here, his name is the Lord. His name is Yahweh. His name is I am. He exists from eternity past to eternity future. It's his personal name and you can know him. The God of the universe available for you to know, to worship, to be excited about. It says exalt before him. Exalt before him. This is sort of a put yourself in a physical posture that says you're amazing. Maybe it's on your knees. Maybe it's on your face. Maybe it's standing up with your hands raised up. Maybe it's with your eyes closed. Whatever it is in that moment that that song and you are expressing, make sure that he is getting the center point. Exalt him. Your posture saying that guy's amazing. That God is unbelievable. But it's more than just your posture. It's your attitude. It's your heart. It's the whole of you in alignment with him. Worship your God. This is the motivation before we ever start talking about local missions that we better get nailed. We better be worshiping our amazing creator God. It says, verse 5, who is this God? The father of the fatherless, the protector of widows, is God in his holy habitation. The father of the fatherless. Children who don't have somebody caring for them. God's watching over them. His heart goes out to them. He wants the best for them. He's working the best for them. He's involved in bringing things towards them. Maybe you're a part of that solution. Maybe he's literally saying, I'm going to make life better for them because I'm using you to reach out and touch them. He is the father of the fatherless. It says he also is providing the protector for the widows, those who have lost their husband, those who are in need and looking for protection. God is watching over you. Some are in this body right now with us are in that spot. God has a special spot in his heart for you, for what you're going through, for exactly where you are. Our God has a heart for protecting the widow. It says here that he is a God in his holy habitation. This is what we're supposed to draw out of that. Wherever God is residing, like his place of residing, perfect, unbelievably impeccable holiness beyond all holiness. Our God uniquely there. And none of us can claim it. He only has that position. Holy, righteous, almighty, and yet protector and provider. The father to the fatherless. That's the balance of our God. What an amazing God who on the one hand brings with him just in himself perfection that demands worship. But more than that, he comes with love and mercy. And he reaches into your life and mine and says, let me show you. The very essence of my character as he reaches out for your needs or your hurts or for the needs and hurts of the one next to you and what they're going through. It says, God settles the solitary in a home, the single and the single moms. He's reaching out for those who are on it alone and saying, I'm taking care of you and making sure you've got a spot, a place, a home. My hand is in your life. 
God settles the solitary there. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. I, I love the balance of the psalmist, right? He, he, David's like, just so you understand, God is just. And, and so there are those who have been wrongly accused, they will be freed. There are those who have been rightly accused, they will get what's coming to them. Right? That's what he's saying. Come on, God is just. Who's teaching that God is unjust for crying out loud? I mean, we, do you believe this? I'm not kidding you. The world at large is now beginning to teach, and there's a segment of Christianity that's going after it too, that our God, justice isn't there. It's just love. It's just all love. Uh, they need to pick this up and read a little further. Amen? Amen. Let's be careful. We serve a God of righteousness and holiness and justice. And we do need to come to him on his terms. We do need to come to him with his love being the solution. Absolutely, yes. Amen. But I will tell you this. His love, his love has a price. It's on his shoulders. May we not come to him and say, yeah, I don't want that way of love. Give me a different one. But instead say, thank you, Lord, for your unbelievable provision." In my life for your sacrifice your shed blood on the cross that is an amazing God amen? amen that's who we worship the God who could just in and of himself demand utter worship in the end of it that's the end of it but instead he pours out with all he's got upon the needy he cares for the fatherless and the widow for the single as we see in another passage in Zechariah he cares for the poor and he cares for the sojourner, the traveler, God at work in lives. That's who we worship. That's who we're going after. Let's put it this way. Worship. You know, last week we talked about it. Let me just say it this way in a little different fashion. True worship. This is how we get there. Three steps. True worship. First, uh, grasp who you are not. I don't have it all together. Uh, I'm actually broken in a few areas. I got some things I need to change. I'm coming up short in this area, right? Grasp who you are not. This is how we get to true worship. Number two, grasp who he is. Grasp the greatness of your God and his provision in your life. And number three, uh, time to celebrate. That's where worship comes from. Lord, I see what I don't have. I see what you do have. It is all about you. May your praises be on my lips. We talked last week about four ways to get there, and this is three different attitudes or approaches you can get there at. Let me just go back to the same three results, though, okay? Three results of worship. If you didn't get it last week, get it this week. This has been changing my life for the last two weeks, okay? Three results of worship. First one is, you're going to say, wow, God is amazing. Like, I'm telling you, if you're really worshiping, you're going to say that. You're like, I'm not saying that. You're not really worshiping. It's time to get on it a little bigger. It's time to really start looking at it deeper because somehow the problem or the world or some junk, something's become bigger than God. Try to diminish that, raise him up. As we lift him up, we will say, wow, that's how it works. Second expression, there's just a joy and a peace in knowing him. There's this deep river of satisfaction that runs through me as I know I'm in alignment with him. Just, whew. And number three, as the problem hits our shoulder or whatever's tapping us, we can go, that's nothing. You should see my God. Like the problems, they're small. 
Because our God is so big. That's the results of worship. It's wow. It's It's that is nothing. You should see my God. Try saying it with me. You ready? Our three expressions. They are wow. That is nothing. You might want to get the little hand move thing going. It'll stick with you more. You visual learners, like, this is it, okay? That is nothing. I sweep it off. Welcome to worship. How do we know we're not worshiping? Because somehow one of those three or more of those three are not there in the moment. We've lost sight. We're starting to grip onto ourselves. I can tell you this. Last week was a sweet time of worship. We announced that we, uh, in the Going Home campaign, had met and exceeded the goal and uh, we are on our way towards a building. We're still figuring a lot of things out. We're excited about that. We still have more gifts coming in. And we're going to update you on the numbers on that in the next week or two here. Getting a more uh, finalized number. But it was just a great time then to close out in communion. I don't know if I've ever seen more tears during a communion. And it wasn't because people were saying, I'm so gripped with my own sin. That's a part of wrestling with communion is what do I need to get rid of? But it was honestly a sense you could just see on your faces a joy and a satisfaction in being a part of what God's doing and watching his hand work in celebrating him with all we've got in worshiping him and as we worship him we're motivated amen it's big number one step in being able to reach out to the community is proper motivation worship the God who reaches out to the needy to the fatherless, to the widows, to the singles, to the poor, to the foreigners. Worship that God. Second step, method. Let him reach out through you. Let him reach out through you. This is going to be our method, okay? So turn with me, if we will, to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 27. James 1, 27. While you're turning there, I'll just tell you this. Normally we pick a passage and we just kind of walk through it. I got to tell you, um, this is what God says when he says to, to work with the fatherless and the poor and the widows. And, the, and he talks, he says, do it. Moving on now. Okay. So there's verses all over and there's, there's a hundred or more of them, but each one of them says, do it. Moving on now. Okay. So we're going to explore one of those right here. James 1, 27. What method should we have for reaching out? Let's just start in verse 26. He says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion, well, it's worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. He's saying our job, if we're truly worshiping him, is to lift him up in a way where our lives reflect his character of holiness. We need to reflect him in what we do and what we say and how we think. That's what he's talking about. May we reach out to him with all we've got. Notice verse 27. Religion that is pure and undefiled. Pure and undefiled. Best description of that? No contaminants. There is nothing contaminating how I'm celebrating my God. To be in that position, this is what we need to have. We need to be undefiled before God. This idea of holiness on fire. 
That's what he's describing. How can you literally stand before God with holiness on fire, a deep passion to worship and serve him with all you've got so that everything you're giving to him is an unbelievably perfectly matched gift to him? How can I be in that spot? Here we go. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. The fathers or the orphans and the widows in their affliction. That's step one. You better make sure that the needs around you are cared for. It's a balance between the physical and the spiritual. Between the body and the soul. It's a, it's a challenge for us to make sure that we aren't just taking care of trying to teach information or lead someone to a spiritual relationship with God. But we're also reaching out to the physical needs that are going on and saying, Lord, how do you want me to be used? If you are a father to the fatherless, what do you want done? How can my hands and my feet literally reach to the one next to me that's in need and care for him? Lord, what do you want me doing in East Peoria or in Pekin or in Peoria or in Marquette Heights? What do you want me to do, Lord? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to take care of people? What needs do you see where you want them reached out to? Zechariah 7, 9 and 10. You don't have to turn there. It's another one of those shotgun passages. It says this. Make sure you care. Care for the poor and the fatherless, for the widows and the sojourners. Those four. The poor, those in need. The fatherless, you know, orphans, no parents to care for them. The widows, no spouse in their life to care for them. And the sojourner, the foreigner who's completely lost. They don't know where they're at and they don't know where they're going. Make sure you're helping reach out to those in need. Care for them. Reach out to them. Make sure they're lifted up. I got to be honest, I was looking around for passages that gave a little more clarity to how to care for them so that we could preach that a little bit. So here's one passage, Isaiah 58, verses 6 through 8. He basically says, don't just flip your money at them and walk away. Here's some things you might need to consider. For the hungry, share bread with them. For the homeless or the poor, make sure they have shelter and it might be in your own home. Be ready to reach out in a very uncomfortable way, but make sure they're cared for and protected. What shelters can we use? What places can we get them to? How can we make sure that they are watched over and protected? If they don't have clothes, get them clothes. Give freely. That's Isaiah 58. The timing of God's provision. Have you ever noticed this? That the realness of our God escalates hundredfold. When you have a need, maybe even a physical need, you have a need. And in that moment, somebody comes up and says, I don't know why, but I was just thinking about you. And I brought this. And you start looking around, right? Is it just me? Okay, amen. There we go. It's just, right? It's this opportunity to say, God is caring for us in such a time as this. And it's a very unique moment for us to be able to give into a need right when the need is there. That's what screams, God is alive and he's real and he cares. And through your extended hands and your feet and your mouth and your sharing, he is literally getting the word out that he reigns in this world. We have a chance to reach out. It can be a little uncomfortable as we begin to say, Lord, how and where and what and what do you want me to do? And I'm just telling you, it's essential 
that we begin to figure out how to do it. I've got a thought or two in just a second on how to. You know, my, my wife and I, we've told this story before, but there was a time where we had just moved into uh, the pastorate, and uh, money was tough. I mean, you know, we, we had taken a massive pay cut. <laughs> Believe it or not, you take pay cuts when you go into the pastorate. So we'd taken a pay cut when we stepped in, and, and as we had stepped in, and it, it was a, uh, a tough time, and we had an accident, and the van was not to be used since it had a hole through the door, and you could see through. And so we were getting that work done, and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do for the next week. And Jana just happened to be mentioning to someone, yeah, it's going to be a tough week because, you know, probably have to drop Tim off at work and then drive around throughout the day and pick him back up and blah, blah, blah. And it's just going to be a little hectic. We're trying to figure things out. And somebody turns around and says, hey, did I just hear you say you need a vehicle? And she goes, well, I mean, I don't, I, yeah, yeah, we do. And he said, hey, I just want you to know, two weeks ago, our vehicle was up for a lease, and I thought, Nope, somebody's going to need it. And I don't know who. So just hang on. We'll hear about it. So I want to give you the vehicle for a week. Yeah, and so we celebrated. I want to give you a vehicle for a week. Go ahead and use it until you get your car back. Uh, the side story is when we pulled up to get the vehicle, uh, it, was a, it was a BMW. <laughs> SUV and my wife didn't ever want to give it back but you know the the lease was up that next week as we handed him the keys back they just took it in and turned the car in and they, they both of us he was able to say can you believe our God is so good that he just stirred me to say hang on somebody's gonna have a need and so just give her that for a moment and then move on that's all it is. It's, Lord, what do you want from me and where do you want it from me? Maybe more practically now, reaching right out into this world. Who do you run into on the streets? Who do you run into right around this community? Maybe there's a neighbor who's in need. What's going on right in our own backyard where we can begin to say the poor or the fatherless, the widows, needs going on where, Lord, engage me right where you're trying to make an impact. I want to be your hands and feet right there. As you reach out to the fatherless and the widows, as you care for them, it might mean that you're talking to the homeless on the street. It might mean that you're going into a pretty tough neighborhood and going door to door, knocking on the door and praying with people and laughing with people and crying with people. It might mean that you're going to be with ones who don't quite dress like you or they don't quite bathe like you or they don't quite think like you or or even live like you but you're reaching out to say you're loved you matter the pain that they are experiencing can mask the presence of god you coming with your hands and feet your timeliness to a need can shatter that veil that's covering the truth of god and make clear that he exists. There's another step in it. We'll talk about that in step three. Please hear me. What we are not talking about is humanitarian stuff. What we're not talking about is just go out and take care of physical needs and boom, you're done. What I'm talking about is a sentence that doesn't end. We sometimes put the period in the wrong spot. Go out and help the poor in their need, period. And we stop there. What we don't do is the period should be in a different spot. It should be go out and help those in need, and make sure that they know the love of Jesus Christ. Period. Are you hearing it? It has to be connected together. 
And it doesn't mean we shove down their throats, but it does mean that you are living it with such an attitude and such a temperament and you are so prepared and you are so ready to just lavish on them and share with them and whatever. And let's watch God work as he ripens people to worshiping him. Amen. That's what we're talking about. It's the same passion as last week. Let's make worshipers. Some of them will look like us and think like us and some of them won't. And let's make sure we're making worshipers of all. Amen? This is a stretch for us. We've got to think it through, but we've got to make sure we're out there and doing it regularly. Lord, what do you want done? Remember our call is to bring worshipers to his feet. Okay, so here's an illustration and a challenge all in one spot. A lot of us are like, well, that's great. That sounds good. I'm not even sure where to start. May 7th, Saturday morning, 8 to noon. That's where to start. We're calling it Compassion Day, okay? We as a staff and with some volunteers, we've had 14 or 16 volunteers. We've rallied together the ideas. We've put together 17 different places and organizations. We've called them, gotten it nailed up. We've got opportunities to go serve in this community. We're talking about going and serving at food shelters and camps, cleaning things up, helping some people even within our own church that are in a tough spot. And and needing some things fixed up or cleaned up around their house. Reaching out to other areas in the community. Going door to door. Just praying for people. Doing a variety of different things. It is an awesome opportunity for us to literally be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Caring for physical needs in this community. To God be the glory. We're calling it Compassion Day. And it's May 7th, 8 to 12. Okay? We're going to meet right here, 8 a.m., Everybody needs to be signing up on the web. Okay, we got an opportunity on there to sign up. Sign up on the web. You're going to want to sign up fast because they will fill up, okay? Each of these spots we're at, they've like, we can take 12 or, or we can take 15. And so take a look, figure out what you want, register online. You might want to start today doing it, all right? Compassion Day, May 7th. We are going to rally everybody together who's registered. You're all going to tell us a t-shirt size you need to because when you get here, we're giving you a t-shirt, 8 a.m., Pick up a t-shirt. I'm going to have a short devotional focus, like five minutes. We're going to do a few songs of worship. We're going to pray over every one of those ministries. And we are launching out into this community. We have 350 spots available. You need to be there. Let's do this thing, okay? Come join us. Let's take our love of Jesus Christ to the streets. Some of you are like, I have kids. We have family-friendly options, okay? So we've thought about a lot of things. It's the first year through it. I'm sure there's going to be some kinks, but there's a lot that's been thought through. We're going to improve this year over year. Our goal is the first Saturday in May. Every year, we're hitting the streets. This year, it's called Compassion Day. We'll figure out a name. It might still be called Compassion Day next year. We'll figure that out, okay? But join us. You want to register. You want to sign up. This is a chance for you to be worshiping your God over the next three weeks, five weeks, I guess it is, right? It's five weeks till we get there. Five weeks and then jump in with us Saturday morning, May 7th, and let's serve him as we serve others and their physical needs. Amen? Amen. Are you on board? Okay, that's not a good on board. Are we on board? All right, take a look at the website, get there. You want to register. If you go to the front page of the, of the web, you can wait. The banner will come up. They're like the fourth banner in or so will take you to it. Or you can just go under adult missions, local missions. You'll find the Compassion Day down there, okay? Register online. Let's get this thing going. We are excited about beginning to round out the fourth W in our W's here, right? We talk about worship. Do we have worship going on here? 
We talk about walk. Do we have some walk going on here with small groups? We talk about work. Do we have some servers around here or what? Do we have work? Witness. We have a bunch of opportunities in witness that we have gone global with. We've got a few that we've been doing locally, like Southside Mission, and we've got a variety of things we've been supporting, kind of a behind the scenes as small groups have gone and done things uh, here and there. This is going to be one of our corporate opportunities of witness, as well as doing backpacks for the East Peoria schools over the summer and doing some Christmas things. Last year we did uh, the Angel Tree, and we're excited about getting a few corporate opportunities for all of us to serve in this community, okay? So if you're looking around going, I'm not even sure how I could do this local missions thing. The answer is what date? Okay, and let's join together there. Let's celebrate him. Some of you might be in a spot where you're like, I, my, I, my knees or my ankles or my elbows or whatever, I can't lift, I can't do. And hey, we've got a prayer one. We are gonna be leaving a team here to pray over all those ministries. We're targeting, we hope, at least 20. It's unlimited in size. But we hope to get 20 here that are going to continue to pray as the rest are sent out. Join that then, okay? There is something for everyone. Let's do this thing. Let's make sure we are representing the hands and feet of the father to the fatherless. Of the one who protects the widow. Of the one who loves the poor and reaches out to him and provides. Of the one who simply says, I am a giver. I love you with all I have and I want to lavish upon you. May we turn out to those next to us and say, let's do the same. Amen? Amen. That's the method of local outreach. That's how we're going to do it. All right. Third point. So we've got motivation. We've got method. Message. Here's the message. We've kind of wrapped it up already. We've sort of said it, but I want to make sure it's really clear. The message. I would love to introduce you to my God. That's the message. You're out there simply saying, I want to love you so that my God is clear. And, and they may ask, what is going on? They may not, quite frankly. You might have people that are just like, thank you for raking the yard. Move on. That's okay. It's okay to be an expression of God that's allowing them to move along in their progress of understanding. And they may at this point have the big aha. Or they may at this point just simply go, I don't get it, but at least it was free. Right? Like that might be where they're at. That's okay. We're just going to explain how we love the Lord Jesus Christ. We're excited to be serving out in the community, reflecting who he is. Here we go. And we'll see what happens. Let's just walk through a verse real quick. First Peter three fifteen. Just flip over a couple pages there from your James. First Peter 3, 13 through 15. Start in verse 13. It says, Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Here we go, verse 15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. That is our passionate message. Notice he starts in verse 13. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Like, come on, if you're doing good, who's going to come against you for that? Then apparently Peter starts thinking, verse 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. You can see him kind of going, all right, it's pretty obvious you're going to come into some pretty big heat. 
especially in those times, right? There was some tough things going on. So he's saying, you might run into some tough stuff, but even then you're going to be blessed by God Almighty. Worship him. Get the word out about him. Spread the truth of who he is. Have no fear. Verse 15, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Is that an awesome definition of worship or what? In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Why are we going to the streets? It's not so the person next to us can be more comfortable. Are you hearing that? That's very, very mistaken. And we have to be really careful with it. It's to honor Christ the Lord as holy. And as he cares for them, so we care for them. It's to bring the truth and the passion of a God we worship so much that we can't help but demonstrate him and talk about him. May we introduce you to the one we so love. That's what we're talking about. Honor, the Christ, honor Christ the Lord is holy. Being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason of the hope that's in you. To be able to give a defense of why you would care. To be able to simply explain why this God fires you up so much. Next week, we're going to be talking about that. Well, how do I have a personal testimony? How can I explain God? So this third point is going to explode into a whole week next week, okay? We're going to talk about how to explain your passion for Jesus Christ, your love for him. In fact, we're going to explain how in the next three or four weeks, you could probably go after more passion with him and more love and worship for him. May you know him so deeply that when they simply say, what gives? That you'd have a real answer for what's going on in your life. May you simply be able to say, oh, I would love to introduce you to my God. Let me tell you a little bit about what he's done with me. Let me show you what he's done for us. That's what we're talking about. Being ready to have an answer for the hope that's in us. May we simply be able to say, who is my God? My God is Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. That's what we're talking about. May we be able to say, when the answer is, who is my God? We say, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Who is my God? Who is my God? Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. That's what we're talking about. As we get into Easter Sunday, I'm telling you, we are launching that with a big, big vengeance, okay? The sermon series starting Easter Sunday is called Compelling King. And we are going through from Genesis to Revelation, just how awesome is this king? What is he doing throughout all of scripture? What is the Bible about? How does it point to him? We should be pretty fired up by the time we hit May 7th on the street talking about our compelling king. Who he is, what he means, and what he's doing for us. Let's worship him and let's help make worshipers of those around us. That's what we're talking about. Our God, he is so available. And he is so powerful. One of the best defenses you can do is to learn how to say the word so with a lot of passion. He is so there with you. I'm telling you, he is so powerful. Like that's what we're talking about is being able to experience him in such a deep way that you're just ready to share him everywhere you go. And be ready to give an answer for anyone that asks as you move along the way. Notice it says at the end there, share with gentleness and respect. Uh, two very important words. Gentleness and respect. Hear me on this one. We are literally trying to take people 
and help move them along. Okay? And a lot of times what we think when we're talking to someone is, I'm trying to deliver them up day one to being a complete worshiper. Okay? And the mistake in that is, they're in process. And we're not sure where God's at with them. The best way we can think is, let's just talk with them, let's see where they're at, and let's help them come one step. I love talking with people and finding their sticking point. So what bothers you about the gospel? And just kind of walking it through. So are you okay with this? And are you okay with this? And are you okay with... And seeing the point where they go, that I can't handle. Sticking point, right? And let's just see if we can talk around that a little bit and what they might be able to move through. And it could unleash the whole thing and they're saved that day. Or they might just take a little step. We'll see. But you're there to be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you. To just say, I can tell you I don't have sophisticated answers. But he's changed my life. I can tell you, all I know is, he's died on the cross for my sins. He's given me what I don't deserve. And wow, is that a big deal. Right? Like, it's that simple. Being able to introduce him to who he is. I can tell you that this Compassion Day idea, we did this up north uh, when I was on staff up at Harvest Naperville. And uh, we'd send people all over the place. And one of the things we did is we sent a couple of guys uh, and a female that was with them over to a house. And they worked on a dryer and a washer and a gutter. And they fixed the dryer. They had to go get some parts and replace them. And this place that they were at, the mom did not attend our church, but the daughter did. And this mom had a lot of issues and needs and hurts. And so we went to that house and we fixed that stuff up. They got done and she said, well, how much do I owe you? And they said, no, it's, it's free. You just take it. It's, we're done. She said, but you had to buy parts. I saw some of the costs. It was like almost $300. He said, don't worry about it. It's covered. You're good. And she moved on to say, I, I'm not sure I can accept it. They said, no, you can. It's in your dryer already. You know, <laughs> like, like we're done. It's good. You're cared for. And, and as they stepped out, she has tears in her eyes. She's appreciative. She doesn't know what's going on exactly. So she calls her daughter up about a week later and says, you need to come over to the house. I don't understand. Why did they do that? What's happening? Her daughter teared up and was able to walk through and explain how we have a God who loves us so much that he gives exactly what we need and all we need to do is say thank you and I appreciate it. And I'm giving you my life. We respond. That's it. He does the rest. That's our God. Giving exactly what we need. Exactly when we need it. Such a giving, loving God. The mom's answer was, I need to know a God like that. She ended up walking her through the gospel message. And she accepted Jesus Christ that day. She's attending the church. She's excited, still got a lot of physical needs and hurts, but that woman grasped who God is. How? Because a dryer was fixed. Are you catching it? Like, that's what we're talking about. Let's take care of the physical needs. And taking care of those needs sends this message. We serve a God who cares. We serve a God who has timing to his care. And he's in your life right now. Let's bring the message of a God who loves with venom and and, and power to this world. 
make sure that the message that has been so watered down is not watered down through this body. Amen? Make sure we bring the message that he so cares and so do we. That we are so in on this and you are so loved. I just want to reach out to you and let you know how much we care. It's not that we're dropping the other things we're about. Worship and walk and work. Yes. And witness is rounding out. We're adding a going to the streets as a part of it beyond these walls. We want to get more regular with this. And certainly every year on the Compassion Day. And there's more stuff coming. Let's make sure that we have a good, well-rounded, healthy understanding of our God. And we bring him to those around us. That's what builds worshipers. Our God at work in this city. And us worshiping him as we bring him to the streets. Let's pray.